Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, Oxford University, and Kantar, the data insights and consulting company. In each episode, we speak to industry leaders about the big issues in marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Andrew Stephen, the L'Oreal Professor of Marketing and Associate Dean of Research. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. At the Side Business School. I'm Jane Bloomfield. I'm Head of Business Development at Cantor. In today's episode, we're again talking to Perry Nightingale, who's the Global Head of Creative AI for WPP. Uh, We're going to talk about creativity and the value of it and how we measure it and and also how we can put it into education, which is something that's really important to, to Perry. So Perry, to start, how do we value creativity? Creativity is fascinating in that it has such an enormous impact on our lives and probably you know it's a significant contributor to the success of a business i mean you could argue you know around around its exactness but, but i i would say it's one of the key key kind of drivers of business success and yet we don't have a clear way of measuring it or seeing it it's kind of like gravity we know it's there we can mm. see the effect of it stuff lands on our heads we fall out you know we fall <laughs> do you know what i mean but we can't see it or touch it and, and interestingly you know gravity like creativity is something that we we still we still don't understand i mean we just we don't understand we don't understand where it is where it comes from it's one of these great unknowns but like love mm-hmm. that has you go on wikipedia and you can tell that we don't know what it is because the wikipedia pages are really long <laughs> <laughs> the longer a wikipedia pages the less i think it, we understand what something is and so we, we don't have a clear way of measuring it. And I, and I think this is interesting in two, two very key areas. One, we don't have a, but it's because it's easy to measure other stuff, supply chain efficiency, those, those types of things, mm-hmm. short-term sales, um, you know, because there's so much measurement going on in other areas of the business, creativity kind of goes to the back of the queue. And I think it's one of the reasons that companies find it hard to be creative because you know they, they have very short-term, and that short-termism has become more prevalent mm-hmm. actually to be honest. Brand building, we feel that we, we don't get as much opportunity long-term brand building as we used to. The other really key challenge that you get because of the difficulty of measuring creativity is in is in education, I believe. Mm-hmm. Creativity is like the invisible hand, like the e- economics thing, right? It's there. It moves stuff around, but it's not something that people can easily point to and go, that's a great thing. So if, if we looked at how you might measure that in children, it's a huge passion of mine. You know, I didn't, my CV was non-existent. I taught myself to code when I was like 27. I go to university, have this kind of stuff, right? So, you know, I'm always constantly looking at like, how might we have been able to measure what I really loved doing, which was storytelling and 
daydreaming and coming up with things how how might we have been able to measure that in a way that i could have found the job i'm in sooner do you know what i mean yeah. and, and, and how can we help people who maybe are in that situation now and when you look at you know you can measure you can measure maths you can measure reading you can measure writing you can say can you write this thing can you read this thing can you add this up can you measure how creative someone is that's incredibly difficult i i would love to sort of find ways as partly the working you know working with oxford as well finding ways to uh, measure and value creativity in young people you know, it's something mm. we see more and more on the job applications. Yeah. You know, people want mm. creative thinkers. They want people who are capable of coming up with new products. Who, you know, I look at Amazon's share price and the moment that they said, do you know what? These virtual assistants aren't in a phone. They're in a speaker in your kitchen. And you can see Amazon's share price just rocket at that moment because mm. they, they had made this, this lateral mental leap. They'd gone back to an old technology, actually, yeah. the speaker. Do you know what I mean? Everyone yeah. else had been obsessed with this shiny black rectangle we carry around in our pockets when this, when the speaker, which was mm. you know, really on the way out in many ways, yeah. was, was the answer. Mm. And, and creativity is the way businesses do that. Mm. And to do that, they need creative people. And to get creative people, we need to value it when they're young. Do you think part of the challenge we have is that we overemphasize other things? Oh, I've got two kids, they're at school, you get their report card, it's maths and English. As you say, they don't talk about anything else. Yeah. Is it that we've forgotten some of the simpler skills in life and the importance of allowing play? Do you think, you know, there's a societal challenge there that we're just not encouraging some of that? Absolutely. You know, I, I remember once I was doing a speech in China about publishing. So I'd, I'd done some amazing innovation work with News Corporation, with The Times. So they you know, they had been seeing falling revenue in print advertising, which is no surprise to anyone. And they were looking at different ways that they could enhance the reading experience, particularly around luxury and those types of things so that they could bring some of that, that revenue back, right? And cre creativity, you know, a good ad campaign is one thing that can turn your business around, but also an amazing new product, right? So creativity and innovation is, is at the lifeblood of the sort of, it's an existential thing. And so I'd, and I'd done some for Penguin as well that had really helped to turn that business around for, with Stephen Fry. And so I went to China and I did speeches about that. And I was in a newspaper in central China, in a newspaper office. I said to them, you know, is it a big regional newspaper? And they said, oh, no, it's quite small. And I said, how many readers? I had 100 million. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wow, OK, that's... that's I was like, because yeah, in the UK, yeah. that would be, yeah. that would be quite a big yeah. Like, yeah. local newspaper. And someone stood up at the end and said, where do your ideas come from? I've never been asked that before since. Mm. And, you know, everyone goes completely silent and they're looking at me and the translator guy is looking, the interpreter is looking at me. And I said, you know, it's, it's a couple of things. One of them is, you know, putting things together that have never been put together before in a new way. Mm. And I absolutely think that the virtual assistant and the speaker is a great example yeah. of that, where, yeah. you know, where someone made that mental leap to go, do you know what? Actually, it's not the phone, it's a speaker is, mm. is, a, is a brilliant example of where someone took, something very new and something very old and put them mm. together and i you know making connections in our minds is a is a skill that young people have again i lecture about this mm. they they intrinsically see the world in a in a mass of connections you know oxford said well they said do you have young children i said yeah and i said can you do an experiment on her and i was like yes i love doing science <laughs> computer science experiments on my four-year-old daughter and she loves them because she gets uh, sugar usually in some form afterwards and uh, i said why is a birthday called a birthday which is what they had to me to say. and they told me word for word what she would say and she said, because you get presents. And all young children between the age of two and seven will say, we'll give that answer. 
And it's because they see the world in salience. They see it not as objects, but as features, as collections mm. of features. And to her, the most important feature of a birthday is the presence. You know, I noted that my son, and this maybe slightly related, my son, he's two, she's four, only just learned to say her name. I mean, he's been able to say banana for 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He adores his sister. You yeah. know, and I've been wondering Priorities. why. <laughs> so it's like that. Food versus So, so yeah. you know, creators are able to put things together. But I said, Do you know what the other thing is? It's believing in yourself. And I said, when I was a kid, you know, I used to roam miles from the house. We used to live in the mm. country. And I used to jump into rivers that were like far too deep. And I used to climb trees that now I look back at them. I just go, oh, my God, I would, you know, I can't believe I got to the <laughs> yeah. top of that. Do you know what I mean? And I kept climbing because I believed I would get to the top. Yeah. And I think a key part of creativity, which is why I think actually that tolerant liberal societies are often really good at it, is that they inspire belief in yourself. And believing in yourself is without a doubt the most important thing in, in creativity. You will run out of belief long before you run out of time and resource and so you talked about that you work with young people and what can you do to inspire that and and keep that going i guess just that little bit longer imagine we all just kept it even for five years longer than than Mm. most of us do when we get that little bit older you know i every time i lecture oxford i I go and i do a presentation somewhere that doesn't have the resources in the background perhaps to get there Mm. And it's so interesting for a start seeing the difference between those two audiences. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the, the way they absorb information is completely different. Mm. I think their relationship with, you know, many of them, I suspect, have, you know, have been on the receiving end of very challenging situations at home for a start, actually. But also, you know, also felt probably locked out a little bit of the success that education can bring. Mm. I think many young mm. people don't yeah. connect mm-hmm. the, the power of education to a successful older life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They just don't make that, they don't make that connection. Mm. And many of them as well are taught at a very young age that creativity for a start is, is art and music because that is really and how we bucket them when we're in the schools. Right. It's like, you know, you, you have art. If you said what's creativity in schools, many of them would go art music. So we don't ever see creativity in education as an underlier of the other things. So if you mm-hmm. wanted a creative accountant, you know, or you want a creative engineer. I don't know if you do want a creative accountant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how you end up in trouble. Uh, yeah, let's go with creative engineer. <laughs> let's go with creative engineer. Uh, if you want a creative engineer, or, you know, which many of them do, right? If, you, if you're, if you're yeah. a business, you probably don't want all your engineers to be creative, but you absolutely want an engineer yeah. who is going to say, do you know what you know it's yeah. it's not this thing it's it's actually that thing we've been doing mm. this completely the you know back to front we should why do we why do we make this electric why do we make mm. this like that then what we find is that we haven't really been teaching our kids those types of school mm. skills because or is it that partly is where we we tell people they are creative and aren't creative that even the way our education system works is you're you're academic or you're not academic or yeah. you're yeah. you're creative or you're not creative and it and i guess yeah. it's partly is it the labels that we put on people and go genuinely what is creativity and actually every Everybody has it. Yeah. It yeah. just might manifest in a slightly different way. I agree. I don't yeah. I don't think if we measured creativity in kids, what we would be doing is measuring how well they did at art and no. drama. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that you know, I think there's probably a mindset shift yeah. that, you know, we'll probably sit in over time. And I think I think what probably many teachers na- naturally know this. That it's good for the kids mm. to question. It's good for them, you know, I won't say argue back, but not necessarily, mm. you know, to question mm. and to be curious yeah. is, is a is a quality that I'm sure yeah. the vast majority, if not all teachers, will recognise and try and, and try and mm. instill. I think it's harder when you're really good at that, but you're not so good at, at maths and science or whatever those things mm. might be, and then you come out of that process with you know, with a piece of paper that doesn't value how yeah, I think, I think it's be. back to the value, as you say, yeah. where are we placing value 
well measurement i'd actually say yeah. you know what i mean like uh, many yeah. many companies would say they've got they want they want it but they you know what we don't have is a, is a good consistent way of saying these are the people who are brilliant at it yeah and, but, and back to your point then about measurement because isn't that you know that's often the way all of this works isn't it people see a value in something because they've been able to measure it mm-hmm. and then say actually this is important because it delivered x y yeah know. how do we measure this you know to prove the value or should we there's a there's mm. an interesting technical challenge, right? And mm. I and I think what I love about this society, never mind, you know, Oxford is is that we kind of won't accept that it's impossible. <laughs> we, <laughs> that, that we try, you know. I think I think we are trying, and we you know we've helped Oxford actually with with research projects and stuff around with Google around. Let's let's refuse to accept that it's impossible and go. How would we actually start to measure creativity, particularly in the media space, right? So we understand yeah. ahead of time if an ad's going to perform mm-hmm. well based on how creative we think it is, and you know, and then hopefully be able to apply some of that learning to how we how we measure it in people. Um, I, I think another thing is you know it's really kind of instilling in in people who want to concentrate on a creative industry belief in themselves and to make it as easy as possible and as fair as possible for them to join those industries one in eight pounds in london is earned in the creative industries it's one of the least diverse sectors we have and so yeah. mm. you know we have to look at that and part of my role at wpp is mm. you know is, a, is around trying to fix that and what's i did not to then go what's your plan but kind of what's your first step i guess have you thought about that on on part of that journey i have a school which is called the london school of creativity you know i've had i've run that for like a couple of years and i i'm trying to find scalable ways of doing that because i can Mm. i can teach maybe 20 30 kids every few months right which is still i mean it's like yeah you know that's still everything but it's not going to fix this much bigger problem you know, I think we have to get Brexit out of the way so the government can breathe again a little bit and start to look at some of these things. Because we, you know, we have a we already have through Karen Blackett, you know, who's our UK, WP UK manager. She is a government advisor on diversity in the workplace. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Nice. And so I think... You know, we we have scalable ways, and with mm. Oxford as well, over the next ten years, that we'll that we'll look at this challenge. Mm. It will only creativity is only going to get more valuable the more our machines play a role in our lives. Yeah, I think I think you're right, it, and it comes back to the process as well. What we've talked about is the creative process and understanding that then gives us a way in. I think to educate people, educate slash train people to infuse creativity or creative thinking or creative processes into all sorts of things. Coming back to what you were saying before. Mm. You know, in schools, we kind of confuse it with the arts, but it's not. You could have creative engineers, you could have creative data scientists, you could have yeah. creative market mm-hmm. researchers, you could have, you know, creativity around problem solving should be pervasive. 
but we kind of bucket it as one thing and kind of fence it off, which I think in part then comes back to sort of diversity in the creative industries as an issue because it's labeled as something and therefore it's not as attractive Mm. to certain people because they're those people. And so if it's everywhere, or at least it's valued more broadly, mm-hmm. then I think that's also another way to open things up. But yeah, if, if we come back to sort of this idea about infusing creative processes or creative ways of thinking into typically science or things that are labeled as science jobs, maybe, you know, from your own work or, or people that you're working with, give some examples of, of how that plays out. So what would a, you know, I don't know, a, a creative computer scientist do versus a non-creative computer scientist? Computer science is an inherently creative job, I would say. Like if you're if you're writing code, you're creative. You're creating yeah. something. Yeah. In the same way that parenting is in, is intrinsically creative. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's it's a creative act. You know, first of all, I think one headwind that that helps drive this conversation in companies is disruption. So you know, one thing that makes it easier to commit to creativity in these workforces is the fact that it's never been easier to start a business than it is today. In some ways, mm. this is a golden age of creativity. Yeah. We could have an idea here that could be a competition to you know, Procter & Gamble in like five minutes. Do you know what I mean? It, whereas that used to cost five million pounds, today it costs almost nothing and you get distribution, all of those things mm. all done for you. So I, I mean, large organisations suddenly understand the need for innovation it is it is then challenging to find people who are going to be creative and and i you know i end those presentations to the kids who are bored saying this is what you should say when you apply for a job and it says you know i am it's what they kind of put on the bottom of my job description for this role i am curious i am committed to finding new new revenue and growth i am adaptable positive and you know these sorts of skills i think that soft skills that companies all mm-hmm. want but probably they don't articulate and then i think it's about being committed to having how that that actually plays out because i think if you're not careful you can have creative people who then become quite isolated and they sort of wander around or you have a sort of Mm -hmm. skunk works or a little lab that becomes disconnected from the from the main part of the business and Mm -hmm. i you know i I do feel that one thing that we've kind of gone down as a bit of a rabbit hole is the you know is the design sprint and these kind of like hackathon type things and they they came out of a certain type of business right medium-sized mm. digital business i say like sky scanners is a good example of that a client that we've kind of worked with who do a brilliant talk on it right and you can absolutely ha- see how for them those types of techniques work really really well and they will do loads of experiments you might have a hackathon which might be around you know people who are traveling who are flying at christmas and then you know you can come up with a really cool idea and then you can test that out and twenty five thousand customers who are flying at christmas within an hour do you know what i mean yeah. and that's just a really you know end-to-end a really effective tool you know when your business is you know oil or farmer or those types of things you, you can't i mean even in, in our advertising world we do a big campaign for a client twice a year it's much harder to run around doing experiments we can't we can't just take yeah. out twenty five thousand people and show them so yeah. show them a certain that it just doesn't work like that you know and i think creativity in that sense is is not something that you maybe want to read in a book about new ways of management i think it's it's about getting a a team a a good blend actually Mm -hmm. so you think sort of it's less about those short sharp interventions but actually maybe a bit more is it it probably is i think i think it probably is i think you can probably feel if you're if a particular team Mm -hmm. or a particular division has found itself not thinking outside the box. I, th- I think what, what's interesting about creative, you know, people people who are sort of dedicated creative people who may be, you know, maybe those sorts of people that you want to have as quite lateral thinkers, they, they often tend not to be brilliant at, well, this is a generalisation, but like 
you know managing people they're not not driven by the same kind of you know maybe the same motivators yeah do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and actually i found yeah. that with yeah. acad- you know in the academic world or interfacing with the academic world that they're, they're less commercially driven you know from the you know go play an ad industry or whatever but like you you're driven you're driven, <laughs> <laughs> driven yeah. you know you have a higher purpose yeah. which is to drive forward this research yeah all of us probably could you know could find ourselves better remunerated or better rewarded in other industries where we feel less engaged yeah. right mm-hmm. and I think for creative people in particular, they're less, I would say, or and I, from my own experience, maybe less driven to to manage large groups of people, you know, to perhaps put loads of stuff on their CV, for example. Like when, when we do, we're doing a lot of work within WP around enablement and how do we upskill. And it's very typical when Google or those types of partners do certification in Academy and ads and those kind of things. And an email goes around the office saying, congratulations to these people who've done this. I know who those 10 people are going to be always i think it's very rarely the the types of creators in the creative department so like what nudges creatives to learn is a really interesting thing and and that goes down to that workplace thing how do you how do you inspire those types of people to want mm-hmm. to come work in an industry where maybe they they haven't traditionally seen that as being creative mm-hmm. how do you keep them out interesting find mm-hmm. architects coming into the ad industry quite a bit at the minute because they don't want to wait now until they're like 40 or 50 before they get to do some creativity this is a very impatient age for Gen Z and young millennials. Yeah. It's a very mm-hmm. impatient era where where they now know that, you know, their job security is, you know, is, is not the non-existent. Yeah. And I think they see the pace of change being mm-hmm. so, so fast that they're like in 30 years time, we could all be obeying robot voices in our in our ears. So like, you know, <laughs> yes. what, what, you know, what, why, am I really prepared to like do sort of structural weight analysis for like 30 years to junior architect architects or whatever, yeah. right? And so they, they come in and saying, hey, we want to get into advertising. We get, you know, we do creativity now. That, you know, that's just an interesting mm. shift, yeah. right? In because you're right it will then mean that people lean towards certain industries or or types of employment if that's how they feel if they're encouraged to be creative whereas actually what you're saying is it's important that we infuse it across all industries and encourage it and also the 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 amount of automation that's going on at the minute you know i say looking at these pieces of software for for audio recording and stuff like that enormous amounts of automation is coming out of adobe i mean adobe is a key client of mine I go over there, I see the absolute latest stuff that they're producing, and there are portions of that which are designed to replace humans. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, I had someone say, oh, well, should I get into being a voice artist? And I was like, very, very soon, you're going to walk in as a voice artist and you're going to read 20 generic sentences off a piece of paper, and then we'll take your voice and put it as a plug-in into Adobe Premiere and use you however mm. we kind of want to. And that's like, you know, that you know that is happening extremely soon. Yeah. And I think, you know, the risk that we find with automation, you know, any automation is that it removes the junior layer. Do you know what I mean? Actually takes away the need to do that. And so it becomes almost like a glass ceiling that makes it quite difficult for people to to get past. So we we need to think hard about about that. Well, then, yeah, how do you learn the craft? Yeah. If if you take out that junior manual layer. The the architecture is a great example of that. Like, you know, if we used AI to handle the weight for a building, for Mm. example, so a senior senior architect might say, this is what my overall vision is, might hand it to an AI, and then an AI might go, right, I've I've run all the numbers, and this is, you know, and this is what what we can produce based on that. Whereas in the past, that might have been done by by hand and by by analysis. Mm -hmm. But what you'll then find is, you know, a bit like when you're constantly relying on your GPS, Mm. that that you lose lose your spatial abilities. Yeah. 
but you're still using GPS, aren't you? Everybody, everybody, <laughs> because it's great. Yeah, and so we have to think hard about um, about living in a world where it's harder to progress in those industries. You know, I know architects who at architect yeah. school would just draw dots. In mm. Berlin, they just drew dots for two weeks. And he said, why? He said, why am I drawing dots? And he said, because your entire career is going to be drawing dots. Drawing dots. I mean, arguably, you you could say, well, that is going to make us more creative because it is going to take some of the stuff, though, to your so point, Andrew. You, it's freeing you, up idea. It frees you up. Yeah. So I guess is it more about then how, if you're not learning those hard graft and those skills, how do you feel comfortable with that? And then what skills is it that you now need to either trust in the AI or yeah. input the right stuff, being really <laughs> broad here? That allows you to then say, right, I will go with the great big vision, which arguably is way more creative than drawing dots. And so could it be that AI actually allows us to be much more creative? Yeah, you know, I think what what I've noticed, I, I used to do talks about eight or nine years ago about creativity in kids. So we, we had done an app, a uh, game at Dare, which is called Water Slide for Buckley Card. And Buckley had done an, a TV ad, which was a water yes, slide that went around the city, it. BBH. Yeah. And we had done a game version of that. And it was an astonishing success. It had 45 million downloads and 10 million people in America thought Buckley Card made games as a result of how successful this <laughs> was. It was a third of iPhone uh, users, right? And, yeah. you know, it, it was just enormous. And, like, you would, you would see kids you know people giving it to their kids right yeah. you would see it on the tube you would see you yeah. would see kids playing with it constantly and it and it gave us a big th- a big fit we we had the government account at the time doing non-smoking stuff and they they said we we're actually really worried about the amount of time that kids are spending on games they're still are worried about the amount of time so that, that only grew and grew after that and as a creative company we were like oh god well we don't want this to impact imagination do you know what i mean again when i was a kid it was like here's a toy car and a pine cone go and do the rest mm-hmm. in your head and you would go and you'd make it up in your head and you know when you look at what the kids were doing it was like pull back and let go mm-hmm. and so i did a whole ton of talks uh, unesco and places like that about technology and children and creativity it's partly where the london school of creativity kind of came mm-hmm. from two things about that first of all uh, I could see some knowing looks from the audience about people <laughs> saying, you wait till you actually have kids. <laughs> Do you know? and, then, and then when I had them, suddenly couldn't really get them in front of the TV quick enough. Um, you know, I think it's easy to say. And then, you know, yeah. and then obviously when you have them, you're like, thank God the iPad children ratio <laughs> is where it is. But the, what has also happened, you know, thankfully, actually, is that the children have been very adaptable and have actually ended up anything more creative blogging about their school lunches and these types mm. of things i mean i i took a little video of my daughter running around the lounge and and we finished and just as it finished she said don't forget to subscribe to our channel and i was <laughs> like wow that you know that's made me feel really old oh my god you know but part of it is about you know wanting to create content for other people mm. and what we actually saw over that 10 year time was more creativity than we thought mm. And do you then think, so in 10 years' time, we, we might see even more creativity? We might see a return to perhaps pine cones and uh, you know, cars? <laughs> that sort of stuff. Uh, or yeah. augmented reality pine cones. We are a hugely adaptable species. And I yeah. think we are we have our own safety checks in place. That, like I said, there's a there's a warehouse technology called Jennifer, mm. which is a voice picking technology. And on paper, you know, that sounds really, really dehumanizing that it sends you to these shelves mm. and tells you to pick stuff up and all these kind of things. You know, I think it's a society we have reasonably good checks in place for things that go too far and mm. we actually reject them just because they feel really creepy mm-hmm. to us. And you know, what we will do is grow our creativity and our productivity mm. and our value. If you had one thing to leave us with in in terms of thinking about creativity, what would be your final thought? 
One day we will all be artists. You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit uk.cantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.